And hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. The head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook is Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, this is Christmas week. It is Festivus for the rest of us. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. They said it would only be 16 weeks to flatten the curve. And here we still are banging out podcasts. Uh, you will, uh, you know, this, is pretty, this is a great, gosh, I can't believe basketball is back. NFL's still hanging. College bowl games occurring. The Myrtle Beach Bowl took place yesterday. Uh, it's it's fascinating where 2020 has led us. And uh, you know what? A good deal of fun this year. In a year that hasn't been all that fun. I've been doing this show with you. So here, here we are 16 weeks later. This is pretty cool. Yeah, you said it. The NBA, and I, I tweeted yesterday, I feel like the finals were like last week. I'm not, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. It's, it's like having too many Marvel movies. This is just too much. And now they're doing it without a bubble and still empty arenas. And it is just all kinds of weird. Yeah. And it's gosh, we, we, uh, we first started this uh, when the bubbles were in, you know, they were happening. It was the NBA, it was the NHL and uh, things were secure. We got through those seasons. It was a little bit odd. Uh, at first but uh it worked and man it just it does seem uh you know they we are i guess two three more months away from i guess uh, more vaccinations uh, getting through maybe a good deal amount to slow things down but with cases spiking right now this just does not seem like the greatest time to start sending flights in all different directions across not just the nba but the nhl as well uh it's great to have these sports back. It does feel like the holidays when you have basketball on Christmas Day itself. Uh, I, I hope they stick the landing, but uh, I'm a little bit more skeptical than I am when we had these in bubbles a lot earlier on. And it's it's strange because I'm not going to sit here and say that in January, the NHL, it's going to be better when the NHL starts. So I, I'm, I'm not comparing the NBA to the NHL. I just... I agree with you. I'm just not sure this makes sense. And they're doing it so that they can have an opening night and then they can have a Christmas. And they, they, you know, the NBA always has their five games on Christmas and it's a big television thing. And I hope they are getting the benefits of that. I hope they're broadcast all over the world. And I hope the NBA does this safely. Um, one thing we did comment on, and it's so weird because <laughs> we talked about it on this podcast. Um is the competition has the competition improved in the NBA? Uh, the Lakers won the championship last year. The Bucks, even though they did not go to the finals last year, they are considered the best team in the East. Although I would think if we looked at the odds to win the East, I would think the Brooklyn Nets are a factor. The Miami Heat went to the finals last year. What's their issue? The Sixers made some blockbusters, and then there's the Boston Celtics. So has the competition improved in the NBA? Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, you, you maybe give them a bit of a pass because trying to sort out that bubble and everything, it was wacky for everyone. I mean, everyone had the same competitive disadvantage, but uh, it, it was very, t- you know, we obviously had, uh, you know, some social activism as a backdrop around that. There was a lot of things on people's minds uh, during the summer or late summer when we were going through the return to sports Uh you know, ultimately you had a great team in the Lakers uh, rise as the cream to the top there. But, uh, you know, I, I think a slightly longer regular season here, um, you know, still a bit bizarre, this kind of uh, makeshift season that the NBA is putting together to finish up 72 the, games, right? 
72 games to finish up just for the Olympics. And that's of course, before we get into any uh, postponements or rescheduling of games now that this bubble is being popped, but uh, it certainly seems like it'll be a competitive uh, league this year, as you noted. Uh, a quick look at the Eastern Conference odds. Milwaukee Bucks are co-favorites with the Brooklyn Nets that you mentioned. They're both plus 235 at Bovada. And they're being trailed by the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, and Philadelphia 76ers, all 6-1. to one. So to have five teams like that below 10-1, to one, really below 7-1, to one, speaks to how competitive uh, we expect the Eastern Conference to be this year. Uh, quick look over to the West, and uh, it is the Lakers as expected. They are the plus 150 favorite there. They're looking good. They return a lot of talent there. Uh, they'll be obviously certainly very tough to knock off. And as a result, uh, they are also the betting uh, favorite as well. They are the most popular betting team at Bovada, the LA Lakers. The one issue with the NBA that I you know, will look at is the impact on the balance, you know, that's always been what I talk about the balance, you know, balance to me in the NBA has always been the question mark um, in the Western conference, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, what are the other teams, Dallas, Denver, who else is a good team that can make that run that can, that can go into that upper echelon? Because to tell you the truth, if the conference is really about two teams that play in one arena, you could have a bubble. <laughs> yeah and i mean you make a good point there as much as uh, you know the east uh, looks that much more wide open it's the lakers it's the clippers uh trailing at four to one at bavada and then we get into that 10 to one range or higher with the nuggets the mavericks the warriors all between 11 and 13 to one jazz up there at 20 to one uh yeah i mean you can really just insulate the lakers and the clippers and you probably uh, can hit the old uh, ea sports sim button all the way to the western conference finals yeah, it's, it's kind of what I feel, and I hate that I feel that way, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, speaking of the Utah Jazz, there was a great line on Saturday Night Live. Did you, did you hear about the Cleveland Indians? And I wanted to ask you about it because the Cleveland Indians announced that they are changing their name next year. And first of all, that is such a baseball thing to do. Like, the <laughs> Washington, they changed their name and literally they were ready when they announced that they were changing their name. They announced it and they had an interim plan, this Washington football team, and they had uniforms within days. They had uniforms. Well, baseball says, well, we can't be the Cleveland Indians anymore, but we'll be the Cleveland Indians this whole year. There's going to be Indians on their jersey. <laughs> like They've already said it. And they couldn't do anything makeshift. And that's why I'm still calling them the Indians. They haven't changed their name yet. And I think that is so baseball. But the great line where they, <laughs> on Saturday Night Live, they said the Cleveland Indians are changing their name because Indian is considered offensive to Native Americans. But yet it's totally fine for the whitest state in the union to be the Utah <laughs> Jazz. Oh my God, it was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, I've only been to uh, Salt Lake City once, and uh, I can tell you they weren't really renowned for their jazz lounges, but uh, beautiful state otherwise. And for those of you who don't know, the Utah Jazz used to be the New Orleans Jazz. The New mm -hmm. Orleans Jazz was a great idea, and much like I have campaigned for all sports, I have... I have a very big passion for relocation. Relocation to me is the biggest crime in sports. And when you move, you should be forced to change your name and you should leave your records where they were. So the NHL does it for the most part, pretty well. 
you know, the uh, the Quebec Nordiques became the Colorado Avalanche. The Hartford Whalers became the Col- Carolina Hurricanes. But in the NBA, the Lakers moved from Minneapolis, land of a thousand lakes. They moved to Los Angeles and they became the Los Angeles Lakers for no reason whatsoever. And it's the same thing with the Jazz. Um, and what you've seen throughout, you know, the Supersonics changed their name to the Thunder. But the Jazz stayed, the Lakers stayed, and the Utah Jazz just seems like the dumbest name in sports. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's almost a, a testament to American exceptionalism that, you know what, we're going to move the team to LA. And you know what? Damn right, we're going to call them the Lakers. Who cares if there is not a lake within tens of thousands of miles? You know what? That is what we are now. We are the Jazz in Utah. Who cares if it doesn't make any sense? Uh, although we were talking about this just beforehand. Uh, I, we would like to see, I think, more baseball team or football team or, you know, a little LA city. You're I think, not against I- Washington football team. You like that as potentially the, their name. Oh, you know what? Once you get to a certain point, uh, do teams really need nicknames that much? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Raptors, but I love them because they're Toronto's basketball team. I like it. I don't look at them and think, yeah, the, the dinosaurs are doing their thing tonight. You know, I'm not re- getting excited on a prehistoric level like that, but you know, it's, it's harmless, but I mean, I, I don't think most teams really need nicknames in 2020 anyways, except for the classic ones. I think we grandfather in the teams that have been around forever that we love. Like, Toronto, they'll always be the Maple Leafs. They should be the Leaves. They're the Leafs. It's grammatically incorrect. We'll get past that. But uh, yeah, for anybody else, it just seems silly when they're trying to come up with a brand new team name, uh, which is why Cleveland maybe is asleep at the wheel here, and you know, and why we had to come up with odds at Bavada for it. So we actually, so you know, we, the odd. What 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 is the new Cleveland franchise going to be called? So. Uh, uh, because Washington football team was not that uh, offensive, uh, you know, we did throw out the possibility that they become the Cleveland baseball team or Cleveland baseball club. I like baseball club a little bit classier. And we actually have that as uh, co-favorites with the Cleveland Spiders. Uh, both are two to one right now. Uh, we also throw out the Cleveland Blue Sox. So we have the Red Sox. We have the White Sox. I don't know how the Blue Sox would the work. Blue Sox? Oh. That's a little bit slightly out there. We have that at 15 to one. Not a lot of, of biters on that. Uh, Cleveland Rockers or Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland Rocks, I love, but they have the Colorado Rockies. So that would be the Rocks against the Rockies. Yeah, probably not too likely. They're 20 to 1 at Bavada right now, but uh, we do have some takers on that. Fantastic song as well. Uh, Cleveland Blues. I don't know if they play more blues there than they do in St. Louis or play more jazz there than they do in Utah, but uh, Cleveland Blues out there at 33 to 1 with a few takers. And uh, Seth, we couldn't resist. Uh, we did throw up Cleveland Steamers 101. <laughs> Cleveland Steamers. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Well, it should be uh, fun. My two jokes uh, about the Cleveland franchise, I've always said that, you know, that they pushed the World Series all the way back into November, that my fantasy World Series is Colorado versus Cleveland and a blizzard wipes out both cities. That's been my one joke. My other joke about uh, Cleveland is the day the Cavs won the NBA title a couple years ago. Mm. And they had a parade in downtown Cleveland. I don't know if you've ever been to downtown Cleveland, but you can't go anywhere in downtown Cleveland and not see the the ballpark. Progressive Field, I think it's called. And it used to be Jacobs Field, but but Progressive Field. And 
they had 1.6 million people in downtown Cleveland. And that night, the Indians had a home game. And only like 17,000 people showed up. That means that 1.59 million people walked by the ballpark <sighs> and said, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, a hard pass. <laughs> and what I would have said, what I said that the, the Cleveland team should have done is at some point, there's still people mulling around. Just say, everybody, Cavs fans, fill the building and just put 40,000 people in the building. And you could have done that. And if you remember, the Indians used to sell out back in the 90s. Yeah. it's They're such a weird franchise. They are. It's such a weird franchise because, again, I'm not against you changing your name. But announce it when you change your name. Not <sighs> that we're going to change the name. I'm, I'm thrilled for Bavada that they have odds on this. It is so baseball. That's the best way to describe it. This is such a baseball move. So the only time I've actually been to Cleveland was December 2007 or 2008. Can't recall. It was uh, about this time in December, maybe a week or two prior. And a bunch of friends were there for a football game. Brown Steelers. It was a Thursday night football. It was, it was like minus 15, minus 20 swirling winds. The kind of game that the Cleveland Browns could only win because of that weather the ball was rock hard. They were serving beers or selling beers in the bathroom, actually, because it was so cold in the open air stadium that if they tried to serve it anywhere else, it would freeze. And the, the bathrooms were the only place that uh, had any kind of heating. So they were selling beers in the bathroom. You had to be about two minutes to finish it before it froze. Browns win the game 6-3. We're all losing our minds because I didn't care. But whenever I go see a football game, I want to see the home team win. Sure. All this to say, staying in the same hotel as us is this family of Steelers and Heinz Ward's mother got arrested that night. I guess after the game, they were having a party afterwards and she got into it and she was throwing chairs in the hotel. And uh, that was my one magical takeaway from my very first trip to Cleveland in a snowy December, just over gosh, 13 years ago. That's funny. That's, that's pretty funny. Um, Mike, I've been to Cleveland a, a half a dozen times and one time I got beamed with a baseball. Ooh. I was doing a television stop, spot down the first base line during the Yankees Indians LDS or LCS. I don't, I don't remember. Um, and I remember going on television. I was doing a television hit for somebody and the shortstop was fielding grounders and he overthrew the first baseman and it drilled me right in the back of the leg and while I was live. And I, I went down. <laughs> I was like, I went, ow. <laughs> and I, I, got, I, got, I got clobbered. Uh, that one. And then the other one was I had an off day in Cleveland. Oh, I remember. This is when uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was going for his 500th home run. And we, were, we went to Cleveland because the Reds were playing the Indians. And we had a, it was a night game. So I had the morning off. And I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, this was, this was years ago, so I don't know what's changed since then, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had videos on, like, the history of music on television, and it just felt like the thing needed an update. Here's an example. It says, throughout history and the proliferation of television, rock and roll has been a major role 
and they start with Elvis. They go to the Beatles and you go, keep going, keep going. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden they say to Michael Jackson, to Madonna. To, oh, and then all of a sudden it goes to MC Hammer huh. and then it stops. It's like they made the video in 1993 and never updated. <laughs> and it's so weird. See, I did, I I'm not much of a music aficionado, but those last ones don't really seem like rock to me. Now, maybe they've uh, dabbled, but... Yeah, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the music hall. It's music. It's okay. you know, all, all genres. That, that wasn't my issue. Then I went into the gift shop because in order to leave the place, you have to go into the gift shop, and they had Britney Spears playing in the gift shop. And I said, this oh. is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How dare you play this in the in the in the gift shop? And I, I thought that was wild. I was very not impressed with the uh, with 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 the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, enough bagging on Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's take a look at this week uh, sixteen in the NFL. Oh my gosh, we have uh, got we have football on Christmas this year. We have a four thirty game Vikings at yeah. Saints. Uh, gosh, Vikings have looked a little disappointing this year. Uh, a lot of uh, you know single score losses. Uh, certainly a team that could be on the other side of five hundred. Boy, it looks like they're missing Stefan Diggs this year, though, uh, and the kind of numbers that he's putting up in Buffalo, and how confident and comfortable he makes Josh Allen out there, knowing that he's got a guy that can extend plays. Uh, Saints, uh, you know, kind of a tough game against the Chiefs. Boy, uh, Drew Brees, 12 busted ribs came back from him, and he took more than a few hits in that one. All that said, New Orleans Saints, seven-point favorites at Bovada right now, and they're getting about 80% of that Christmas Day money so far. Well, it's funny. they that That's not a COVID reschedule. They did that on purpose because they're trying to take a chunk out of uh, the NBA. I mean, that's Fox is going head-to-head -head with ABC right there for the NBA. So yeah, and you know, and and uh, th that's a good point trying to go at, you know, I I don't like it. I I you know, I I've I've talked before about uh that first year when NBA came back and it came back on Christmas Day after the strike or the work stoppage whatever the case was. And I was working that day as I often do on Christmas. And uh, I was not, you know, not feeling too great about myself because everyone was off. I was away from friends and family. I was going to do the whole thing. And when they played that music, uh, the I want you to live forever, and I'm gonna cut myself off there because I'm only so good at this. But uh, you know what? That just got me right in the feels, as the kids say. And uh, you know, NBA on Christmas, uh, that is what I want to be watching, even if I am an NFL fan, even if I'll probably be betting a little bit more on this Vikings Saints game than I will the NBA that day. It just, I don't know, it seems out of place, I guess. You know, who's gonna stop the NFL? Certainly not me. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, looking ahead at that betting handle, we have more betting handle on that game, that single game, than we do all five Christmas NBA games altogether. So, I mean, the NFL still is king, uh, regardless of how I feel on the matter. And there are three games uh, on ABC in the United States. So direct head to head against Fox uh, during the window that they're playing at two thirty Eastern. Uh, the Warriors are at Milwaukee. Uh, the five o'clock Eastern that's right head to head with the football game, Brooklyn against Boston. Uh, and then at eight o'clock uh, Dallas and the Lakers um, Eastern time. And again, that's a head to head and the NFL is going to outrate all three of those games. Yeah, probably quite easily. And I mean, yeah, we, we do see that uh, clear correspondence as well. Uh, whatever's bet on the most uh, at Bovada usually does correspond to TV ratings in that spot. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, 
it's it's a weird year for NBA to come back on Christmas and to still have so many other things occurring, uh, and also the NHL coming soon as well. And the fact that, as you noted before, like, hey, didn't we just finish NBA uh, just over a month or two ago? So it's it's a bit odd to be back. I'll be honest; I didn't even really properly process the draft or this makeshift, uh, you know, free agency that's occurred, just because there's been too much going on. So. I don't know, NBA on Christmas, uh, you know, I'll definitely tune in for that noon game, tune in for most of that 2.30 game. But yeah, I'm probably going to end up peaking a little bit more at the NFL than I will the NBA, which is a little bit bizarre. But uh, I mean, you know, Saints-Vikings should be a decent game. It's very, very strange. Very, very odd. Then Saturday, there's a triple header, uh, including a game on Amazon Prime. It's not on a major network, uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals. But the most intriguing matchup is Miami at the Raiders. Uh, it's a close line. Uh, the Raiders at 500 are still technically in it. And the Dolphins are looking to cinch a playoff spot after losing the division to Buffalo. Yeah, uh, 49ers Cardinals. I was just thinking about that game and uh, wondering who has the home field advantage there? Cause that's where the 49ers have been hanging out uh, the last month yeah, or so. Right. right? They've been playing at the same stadium. Yeah. Uh, as it currently stands, uh, Cardinals four and a half point favorites over the 49ers and over under a 49 at Bovada, which is one of the first uh, over unders under 50 for that high scoring Arizona Cardinals in more than a month. Uh, and looking at that Dolphins Raiders game, uh, the Dolphins were minus two and a half last night at Bovada. And uh, overnight today, they are now a full three-point favorites, and they're taking about 70% of the action. And uh, going back to the Cardinals real quick, they're taking about 65% of the action so far. All right. Uh, so you have you have uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit, the 49ers and the Cardinals we mentioned in Arizona, and Miami and Vegas uh, Raiders, the nightcap. Then Sunday, are there, are there any games left? Well, you bet there are, including, I think, the most intriguing matchup of the day, which is the Seattle Seahawks hosting the L.A. Rams, uh, essentially for the division. The Rams come in at nine and five, while the Seahawks at home are six and one, and they're ten and four with a one game lead on the division. Yeah, the Rams uh, coming off a bit of a humbling. Well, humbling is probably actually too yeah, kind. Yeah, the loss uh, to the Jets that we haven't. Oh God, <laughs> the Jet fans are so miserable. Yeah, it's 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 tough because you know. The players on the Jets, they want to win that game. They're professionals. They're looking for jobs next year. If you're Frank Gore, you're thinking, how many more wins do you have uh, potentially under your belt? And he had the heroic first down to cinch it at the end of the game. Uh, I, I got to tell you, doing that Jets-Rams game and running live odds on it, uh, it just, you know, especially, I think I saw bear some scars from that uh, Raiders comeback, that cover zero from 50 yards out with time expiring. So we were all kind of waiting with the live odds on the game. Like, okay, when are the Rams are going to do it? How are the jets going to trip over their own feet here? When is Lucy lifting up the football at the last second? So it was really difficult to come up with live odds uh, for the Rams and the, to come back in that spot because at any price we put them at people are betting the reps oh yeah we can get them at minus 150 we can get them in a slight underdog no problem this is the Jets so it was surprising even to me when they were actually able to get that last for it down to clinch it uh bizarre game bizarre season and now the Jaguars as a result uh the slight favorite to get that first overall pick which is looking almost assuredly to be Trevor Lawrence looking at that Ram Seahawks game the Seahawks are currently very, very slight one and a half point favorites at Bovada. Uh, action pretty split so far. People not really too sure what to make. Uh, for the Seahawks, the Jets were a palate cleanser. For the Rams, uh, the Jets gave them fit, uh, fits, I would say. You know, 
maybe two, three weeks ago, the Rams might have even been slight favorites in this spot, but uh, a little bit concerning with that offensive performance against a dismal team like New York. Over-under is currently set at 47.5. Again, a bit on the lower side for a Seattle Seahawks team, which has been putting up video game uh, offensive numbers. But that Rams defense has looked pretty good this season. Definitely created some frustrations the first time these two teams met uh, and should be a great one. Good, good game in that 405 slot. Another good game is a uh, one o'clock game in Pittsburgh. The Steelers coming off that upset loss to the Cincinnati Bengals hosting Indianapolis. What's the line there? Uh, 11 and three Steelers hosting the 10 and four Colts. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, wow. They went from 11 and 0 to 11 and three and boy, have they looked ordinary in doing so. You know, it was, I think it was easy to chalk up the Washington football loss as uh, you know, a bit of a blip. Everyone hits a bump in a row, but now with three straight losses, uh, it's super concerning in Pittsburgh right now. And uh, boy, did they look ordinary against that Cincinnati Bengals defense, which had not put up uh, you know, anything to write home about uh, prior to that game. Uh, as it currently stands, the Colts are one and a half point road favorites at Bovada. And uh, it's early days because we did have this line down during Monday Night Football. But as it currently stands, uh, the Colts are taking about 65% of the betting action as very, very slight road favorites. And then an interconference matchup, the Sunday night game, uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Your thoughts there? Yeah, so it was funny. I, I had some Twitter followers uh, curious about this game a couple weeks ago, and they're wondering, you know, how high is this over-under going to get for this Titans-Packers game where, you know, the Titans obviously, you know, they, they do some really smart things with the ball. Obviously, you know, some of them, you don't have to be too smart. Just give Derrick Henry the ball and let him smash through you. Uh, but the Packers offense has looked really good this year. Defense not looking too hot. Titans have run into this problem as well this year. And uh, as a result, we have one of our highest over-unders of the season, an over-under of 56 at Bovada. And no surprise, about 70% of the money is on the Titans. Um, looking at the spread itself, uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty tight game. We currently have the Packers as only three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, and the Titans are taking about 60% of the betting money so far. I kind of like the Titans in this spot. I do think that the Packers have been, you know, a bit hit or miss. Uh, you know, when they're firing on all cylinders, they look incredible. Uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers just doing fantastic stuff on that side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, I do have to give the Titans the ever so slight coaching edge in this game, which, uh, you know, if you're trying to come up with that extra turnover, if you're trying to come up with that extra possession, uh, you know, I do like the Titans in that spot. I do do not think the Packers are quite as good as their record. But uh, yeah, as it currently stands, should be a really great Sunday night football game. Great way to cap the week. All right. So there's a Friday game. There's three Saturday games, a bunch of Sunday games, a Monday game. It's just a weird week 16 in the NFL. Basketball is back. There's still bowl games. We'll preview all the New Year's Day bowl games next week. Have a great holiday, my friend. And uh, as far as Festivus, uh, let, let's just do the feats of strength. <laughs> feats of strength. OK, we're going to arm wrestle off there. <laughs> I got a lot of grievances with you people. <laughs> Happy holidays, folks. That's Patrick Barrow. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Bavada at Odds podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>